0: You're listening to Moms of Miracles.
1: And now for your host, our moms, JC and Rachel. Rachel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The prince of this world lives in those realms, Father. So right now, we find you. We put a gag order on you in the name of Jesus and any interference. I release angels right now to go ahead and warn the heavens that there shall be no interference. There shall be no stopping what God has said, what God yes. has said for this dispensation
2: sure, for time as this.
0: Yes. Father, yes. we thank you that it is done, yes. and there is no stopping
2: us, oh in God, Jesus' Lord. name. Amen. Amen. We're Amen. Go, girl. I felt that. Oh, hi. Hi. Woo. Good morning, everybody. We were just kicking a little little devil <laughs> butt there, trying to keep Amen. us from, from... He does not want us on. <laughs> He doesn't want to hear from our friend Grace, but I'll tell you, welcome Moms and Miracles. So today is super exciting because we have Grace on, and she's our good friend. She's going to talk to us about her testimony, and at Hi. the end, we're going to do the raffle Yay. for the uh, vehicle. So welcome, Grace. Not for the vehicle. Hi. For the books. I mean, <laughs> yes, for the books. <laughs> For raising the money for the vehicle, <laughs> yes. that's right. Sorry, <laughs> yay! So welcome, Grace. I have been waiting to talk to you about this since October. Yes.
1: Oh, God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is a great. This is a great testimony, though. So tell us a little bit about your about you. Okay, where so, you grew up and.
0: Okay, I was born and raised in South Africa, and um, I in 1993. When I graduated from high school, Nelson Mandela was released from prison. And so, um, well, I'll explain a little bit about the background. So in South Africa, if you've ever heard of apartheid, we lived in segregation, right? So there's four race groups. There's white, black, Indian, and colored. I'm considered colored because I'm mixed. Mm -hmm. Well, when um, Nelson Mandela was released from prison, you know, everybody now could vote. Everybody had a, a fair chance because before that, only Caucasians were allowed to vote. If you were any other race, you were not, you know. So that year um, I graduated and then I applied to go to nursing school. I know, right? And now I'm going, anyway, that's another story. (laughs) And I wasn't accepted because I wasn't black because it was like affirmative action, but it was like on the other side, you know? And so my mom said, do you want to go to the United States, go to school, get your degree and come back? And I'm like, yes, because if you know my childhood, I mean, you couldn't do nothing living in a Muslim household. I mean, it was very strict. Everything was, you were watched closely because the focus is like, you got to stay a virgin until you're married. So they watched everything you were doing. So when they said, um, you want to go, I said, of course. I mean, I was going to get away from her. I mean, away, because I felt oppressed. I'm serious. So um, I came to the States, uh, started school, was going to get my degree and then go home. But then one day I was living with my brother and he has a daughter that has cerebral palsy. And I was watching her deteriorate. And I remember my mom teaching us that you can accept prayer from a Jew or a Christian because they believe in one God. So those were acceptable to, you know. So I was watching TV and I'm scrolling and I come across the 700 Club. So I'm like, okay, I remember what mom said and I said, you know, I'm just gonna call them. So I call and at this time, y'all, I am so aggressive. And the lady gets on the phone and I said, look, I don't want to know about you, Jesus. Don't tell me about that. What I need you to do is pray for my niece. And the situation that she was in was that she was getting a lot of seizures because her brain was growing, but her head wasn't accommodating her brain. So I was taking care of her. So watching this child and I just could not stand it if anything happened to her. And I was just desperate. So I call and I tell the lady that. And she begins to pray. But something happens when I'm on the phone. And I'm like, what is this feeling? Like I've never Mm. felt this. And I was a person that prayed five times a day, extra prayers. You know, as a Muslim, you're very um, dedicated Mm -hmm. and you are very, what's the word? Disciplined. Mm -hmm. But I never felt that way. So I go off the phone and it's like, okay, what was it? Now, I can't tell anybody because, I mean, my family's religious and, you know, we all pray together. I'm going to tell them, hey, you know, I prayed for this Christian. And I felt something I've never felt before. And that was when, like, the confusion started. I started thinking... Well, how come, you know, I don't feel this way when I pray as a Muslim, and I'm praying all the time because I don't need to avoid hell. So I'm praying, and fear is propelling me to pray like this and to keep all the rules that, you know, you're supposed to keep as a Muslim. And that was the beginning. And that was in 19, um, I'm sorry, a phone call came in. I'm just going to uh, put my phone you're in. Good. To
2: um, you're good. Okay. I'm, s- wow. So that was in 1993? No, that was, no, I'm sorry. I came here in 95,
0: right? So 93 was when I graduated. In 95, I came to the United States. This happened in 99. Okay. So that was the first like inclination, like, well, maybe some, may just, you know, just maybe something is, I should investigate this, but I didn't. So what happened was that I started having visions. And the Holy Spirit would be talking to me. I didn't know the terminology, like, that's the Holy Spirit. Or I just knew that this Jesus was talking to me. And he would show me things. And I would tell him, no, you created these people. You know that if I leave, you know, they would disown me. What if they killed me? And so for from 99 till 2005, this continued. Until one day, oh, well, let me back up. Um... The guy I was dating was a Christian, right? And I would tell him, "You're gonna con- if you want to marry me, you're gonna have to convert because I cannot marry a Christian." So I would try to convert him, and he used to carry this uh, Bible in his top pocket and tell me that he was called to be a pastor. And I would laugh and think, "Well, if you were called to be a pastor, why would you date?" And then, like to me, you know, I knew because I've seen women in the past convert mm-hmm. Christian men into Islam, so. Obviously, I was going to do the same thing, or so I thought. But I had had this experience, and I could not deny it. And so he was coming home from school, and I didn't know that he was coming home to break up with me. And when I told him, I said, look, I had this experience, and I don't know what this is, but I'm confused. And at this point, I wasn't telling my family. I would go through the motions of praying with them, but inside, I had this turmoil. Like, I kept thinking, what if I die today? The reason why I would think that is because as I was growing up, I would be with my family. We'd be out, you know, just say shopping. And these evangelists would target me. It was always me. They would call me. And my family would say, something's wrong with you. Why do these old people keep... And as I say, these old people keep calling you. They keep singling you. And I'm like, I don't know. And the reason why I wasn't disrespectful, because my mother always taught us that we never disrespect older people. You just listen. You don't say anything. Even if you don't agree, you just listen. So I would just listen. And one of the questions they would ask me was, if you died today, where would you go? And I would say, I'm going to hell. I knew I was going to hell. And they would be shocked because I was so honest about the way I was going. <laughs> and they would oh. say, but uh, why do you think you're going to hell? And I would say, well, because there's nothing I can do good enough. Because Islam is based on works. Mm. You know, they believe that when you die and you go to be with Allah, he's going to weigh your good deeds and your bad deeds. And your." good deeds if it outweighs the bad then you guarantee heaven but still there's no guarantee because he could change his mind and send you to hell so you keep praying and you keep trying to do these good things and then inside you're so full of anger because you can't enjoy life because they're not teaching you to enjoy life because there were so many rules that you have to follow if you miss the rules and oh my god you're going to go to hell you know and so there was a lot of that for years and a lot of legalism so that's why i was so afraid to make that transition even though jesus was talking to me and i knew but then one day in 2005 literally y'all everything happens in a walmart parking lot for me. don't know why i'm sitting in this walmart parking lot in my car <laughs> and i'm like look god whoever you are if you are the god of christianity show me a sign if you are the god of islam show me a sign and i said jesus if you are the true living god I will stand before nations and I will declare your glory. I will tell everybody what they did. I don't care. And I'm saying all these things, not understanding yo, what I'm saying. And I'm like, God, I want to be a true worshiper. I don't know anything about worship. don't know, even know why I'm saying this. But I'm saying all these things that I have no idea what I'm saying. So that's December 2005, right? January 2006, I start going to this church. And it's a Baptist church. And I start going and... um You know, they do the altar call, and so I raise my hand, and I go down. But still, I'm not convinced. Like, I am I just, like, I feel like, okay, if I do this, well, maybe I'll be covered if I died, you know. But I still wasn't um, believing truly with my heart, because what was important to me was that I did not want to live a double life. I didn't want to say I'm a Christian, and then my family applies pressure, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try it again. You know, um, I never shared this, but I think my mother knew something was wrong with me. Because whenever she would come to visit over the years, we always have this conversation before she leaves. And she would have me, she'll say, okay, what's going on? And I was open. I would say, you know, I'm confused. I didn't tell her about the experience. I would just say, I'm confused. And she would give me these Islamic books, right? And she would say, okay, so rededicate yourself and start over. And honestly, guys, I tried. Like I would take these books and I was like, I just, I can't do it. Something didn't feel right. So every year she would come we'd have the same conversation. Until two thousand and six, it was June, the day before I finally knew that I could no longer deny that Jesus was God was I had a date y'all it was just supernatural, everything was just I was almost in a car accident, and the person's car was so close, I could see the shape of their eyebrows, I could see the mole on her face i'll never forget her face, and my first thought as I pulled over was like, "Oh my God, what would have happened if I died now." I have to tell you this, Um, I gestured for her to pull over because, you see, I had a bat in my car because at that time I was very aggressive and angry and I didn't have a problem getting into a fight. She would have hit the side of my car where my daughter was sitting. So I needed to explain to her what her foolishness, so I thought, would have done. So I take the bat out of my trunk, literally put it behind my back and I go up to the car. And instead of saying what I wanted to say, these words came out of my mouth, which was like my head and my mouth were not working together. And I said to her, are you okay? And in my mind, I'm like, what? Like, I'm so perplexed. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was trying to light a cigarette.
1: Really? In my mind,
0: I'm like, are you serious? Outside of me, coming out of my mouth, I'm like, that's okay. We all make mistakes. I'm like, what is going on? So I'm so outdone by this that I have to get back to my car because... I'm I don't know who is taking over my mouth because it's not it's not not functioning like this is not my plan So I get in the car and that whole day. I'm just driving I'm thinking about my childhood and I start bawling at one point and I'm saying I forgive you I forgive you and I'm like who do I forgive And it was my father Because of the things that happened in childhood so just little things happen that were brought back to my remembrance I go to sleep, I wake up the next day and I'm standing in front of the fireplace and I'm like, you know what? Everything that happened, it's just all in your head. And immediately, I hear in my left ear and I see in a vision, lean not into your own understanding.
1: (sighs) Now, mind you,
0: during this time of seeking God, I told God, if you, Jesus, are God, I'm not going to pick up your Bible because every time I pick up your Bible, I'm afraid and I'm tired of being afraid. So if you are God, then you're going to show yourself to. And I challenged God. I was like, you're going to show yourself to be God. If you are who you say you are, this omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God, then show yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, he is God. He is God. But at that moment, not realizing this was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, okay? (laughs) So I was taking Layla, because I only had one kid, to a daycare. And the daycare was at the church I was going to. So there was a lady that, her name is Sister Pat. She's still in my life, actually. She walked with me through that time. I said to her, I keep hearing this in my left ear, and this is what I see. I said, it's a black background, white writing, and she took me to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So then I said, I need to see the pastor. Because I told God, hey, now if you show me you, I need to be baptized. So in my mind, I'm thinking, this is the day I get baptized because God did what he said he's going to do. So now I have to do what I said. I made a vow, you know. So they're like, well... It's a process. And I'm like, when's the closest baptism? Because I need to, this has to, like, we need to do this. Not understanding, um, honey, this is it. Like, your whole life's about to change. See, because I thought when I found enlightenment, everybody would be happy for me. Oh, no. But you're not being celebrated when you find Jesus. Because you become almost like a nut job. Mm-hmm. See, someone from my background, because of the passion I had at Islam, it translated into my Christian world because naturally I'm a passionate person, you know, so anything I do, I'm never going to do halfway. I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play with God. That's why it took, I, I always say it's like an eight year altar call. That's why it took so long for me to say yes, because I knew I could not play with God. I had a child and I didn't even teach about Islam because it's just, I knew innately, like if I teach you this, then I'm going to create a generation of confusion. And as a mother, I could not be responsible of also creating something of fear and teaching of fear. So I had to be sure. And once I knew, that was when me and her literally learned together. So wherever I would go, she would be with me. I would either have her mother, because at the time she was three, I think. She was just going to turn four. And God would talk through Layla to me. You know, it's funny because now we put on the arm of God. I remember driving one day. And she said to me, mommy, and I said, yes, baby. And she said, you need the arm of God. And I'm like, I didn't know what she was talking about at this time. Like, I don't know, because I'm like, I'm a baby. I'm just out the womb of Jesus. I mean, what do I know? I'm just excited. <laughs> you know. I would go to these Bible studies and I would hear people talking about that experience. And they would say they were in the presence of God. And I would think, well, I want to be in his presence. So I would go home like a little kid put the Bible on my lap and shut my eyes and say, God, what they were talking about, I want that. I want what they want, what they have. And I would experience that. And i think, oh my gosh. And then God was talking, right? So I thought God spoke to everybody, which really he does. It's just that we don't position ourselves to hear him. Mm -hmm. So I started telling people what God Mm -hmm. said, God said this and God said that. And their faces. And I realized, oh, they can't hear him. So perhaps I shouldn't be sharing with everybody what God said. And I learned, see, even in Christianity, everybody is not happy for you as well. It's like, you have to find your tribe. All of us have a tribe. When you find your tribe, it's like you guys are my tribe. So I can tell you guys anything. And you don't look at me because we all on the same way. And I want people to understand that find your tribe. You're not going to fit in with everybody. Your walk is different to somebody else's walk. Is this Christian life supernatural? Absolutely. But it's what you put into it's what you'll get out of it. How much time are you spending with Mm -hmm. God? If you don't spend time with God, you're not gonna have that supernatural life. And honestly, people chase miracles. It's not for you to chase. It is something that a believer, it's natural to us. It's not for us, it's for the unbelievers. You shouldn't be surprised when God does something.
2: Praise (laughs) sister.
0: Right. You should be like expecting that because you are in the family of Christ. You are the outward expression of the invisible God and you have his whole life inside of you. Mm -hmm. So why are we surprised? It's because we're not living like we're supposed to live. God is looking for people that are completely sold out of here. Where you're not compromising who you are and trying to tickle people's ears. Bottom line is people are going to hell. And what are you doing? I always challenge people with this. With all the salvation that Jesus has given you, what has the kingdom of God received from you? What are you doing for Jesus? Is it, are you unconcerned about your family, about your inner circle? Do you know that the way life is, your daughter could date the guy that's in the school she's going with and you never one day open your mouth to find out if these people know God. And I'm not saying, I tell people, don't, you don't have to stuff people's, you know, God down people's throat. No, just have a conversation. You can tell the way people talk and while you're talking, you can infiltrate. You see the enemies infiltrate infiltrating our schools. Mm-hmm. They are infiltrating the TVs, as you can see. But we are so afraid of uh, people hating us, mm-hmm. so we just stay quiet. And I was like, no, I can't be that type of Christian.
2: So, Grace, let me revisit some places here because ba- <laughs> we're about to go to church. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Woo! Good. Oh, oh, so it, when you open your mouth, I mean, it's obvious that the, that the presence of the Lord is with Amen. you. I mean, I've been covered in chills since since you started speaking. But just yeah. revisiting for a minute. So for people who maybe don't walk with the Lord or do walk with the Lord but don't hear him. So let's revisit that call from the 700 Club. Because how many times do you hear people say, it's not about your feelings, but God gave us emotion. Mm-hmm. yes. He gave us emotion. It kind of is about your feelings. Yes. You don't rely on your feelings, but they guide you. Walk us through, like, what's the difference in praying five times, how did you feel, versus having someone from the 700 Club, uh, an anointed uh, person of Christ, pray for you? Like, what did that feel like so that we can start to help people, teach people how, how to hear from God?
0: Okay, so I will say this. Yes, it's not about feelings because you, you're you not supposed to be propelled by your emotions, right? Mm-hmm. But I think with people like me, when they come out of Islam, God has to come to us in a supernatural way. So I had to feel with my senses. Now, for those that are born in Christianity, if you study the word, you know that it's not about your feelings. Yes, but God's going to meet you where you act. Mm. If you need to feel he's going to do because God knows you better than any person knows you. And his love for you is unique to you so whatever you need he's going to do it however God has shown me that we are lazy we don't spend enough time with him so whatever you put into that relationship is what you will get out like I tell my children as much time as we spend together if somebody says to you uh, mom said this you can immediately say well no she wouldn't say that why because we fellowship we communicate you know me so well that you know there are some things I will do and some things I won't do it's the same thing with God It's about spending time. It's about worship. Now, when I was in that situation, I felt like I was there, but I wasn't there. I felt a peace that I never felt as a Muslim, praying five times a day. I felt this warmth. And I almost thought at that time, is this what love feels like? Because I didn't experience it. So I knew inside of me, my spirit brought witness to that. This is love, but I couldn't articulate it. So that was the difference. I knew that something was different. There was no fear in that because when I was praying as a Muslim, there was constant fear, constantly. So, but I think love, yes. Like, is this what it feels like? Like, oh my gosh. And I wanted that feeling all the time. So even when I was praying as a Muslim after that, I could not get that feeling again. I couldn't get that taste or, or what I had experienced. It never came back until, you know, I came into Christ. It was like, oh, that's the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit. And so I knew the difference, you know.
2: So that's a beautiful explanation of it. Yeah. So you felt a peace and a love. Yeah. You felt perfect love casts out fear. People who are praying to Allah feel fear because they're never going to be good enough. It's based. So you feel perfect love. And that's God's word. Perfect love casts out fear.
1: Yes. You
2: can't, you can't have one. You can't have both. It's exactly. one or the other. Oh my gosh, because that's if, huge.
0: If you think about love and hate, right? They're really not, you don't compare them because hate doesn't stand a chance. If you think about it, when God draws Muslims or even people, period, mm-hmm. it's love that compels. It's like, um, I say I went through a romance. Like he wooed me. He yes. was relentless. He came and every time he came, I crushed him because I would tell him, no, no, I'm not doing this. And no. I I'd tell him, why are you keep talking to me? Like I'm not worth it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he would, Continuously pursue and kept coming and he would send people but it wasn't that he sent somebody and I said Oh, that sounds so good. I think no, it's him himself. God will intervene That's why I've come to the belief that when people say well, how can you say? um, People that do all these good things. Why would you say they're gonna go to hell? Well, the Bible says there's only one way So I'm going to what the Bible says Mm -hmm. and I believe that every person will have an encounter depending on what religion you come from as well. Like us in America, we have access to to God. It it is freedom. But those in other countries, like the Muslim countries, I know for a fact, if God did it for me and I was in the United States, I know without a shadow of a doubt that he is speaking to the Muslims right now. But again, it comes to free will. What choice will you make? And that's the beauty of Christianity and of being a Christ follower is that God doesn't use fear to make you love him. When he loves you you can't help but love him back
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know some version of the bible said that when god sent jesus he went for the jugular when i think about your jugular van and you think of somebody cutting someone's throat and how it just i'm like oh my gosh that you would think so highly of me and knowing what i am but you would choose me knowing that i was converting christians to islam i was alongside my mother because my family are hardcore evangelists okay I've been trained in evangelism, like, from the time I was a little girl. So evangelism is, like, second nature. It's like, air. Eh. That's why I don't have a problem, even as a Christian, going to somebody and talking. I, I was what I was trained in to do, you know. And from a little girl. And the thing is this. I want people to know that all Muslims are not bad. And all Muslims are not terrorists. And all Muslims oh are God. not trying to kill. They are bad Christians. that represent God incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And they are bad Muslims. When I was growing up, My mother never taught us to kill or to look at people. We looked at people and felt sorry for them because they didn't have Allah and they were going to go to hell. Even my friends, all my friends were Christian. And in fact, I went to a Catholic school. I even went to catechism. you know, I used to listen to stuff, but it didn't penetrate me because I would think, oh, these foolish, foolish people, all of them are going to hell. While they praying, I was praying because I wanted them to come into Islam. It's so funny because when I think of who I am today, (laughs) you know my best friends they were christian and so mom never taught us that so when i hear people uh making these statements i'm like no that wasn't my life she always said pray for them she never said kill them or never was like that so yes when people say well why are you standing up for them because i know who my mother is Mm -hmm. and who my people are and The the thing is, why I do what I do is because I know the truth now, and that because they are good people, I don't want them to experience hellfire. That's what propels me. I don't want anybody to go to hell.
1: Do you think that's why? I was going to say, do you think that's why the media portrays them like that, so Christians are afraid to evangelize (laughs) to them? Yeah, and won't pray for Mm them.
0: You know, I did a a show for Grace and Truth this week, and one of the, the the show this week was. Why Why do we pray for Muslims? We pray for Muslims because Jesus shed his blood for every human being. You don't pray for people because they're nice to you. The demons that they're dealing with, do I expect them to be like, oh, Grace, I'm so happy for you now? No, I expect them to be hateful. <laughs> they're I still demons, them- right? <laughs> right. And I mean Jesus says it and this is the thing that keeps me going. If you read Matthew ten thirty four, he says, Do you suppose I came to bring peace? No, he said I come yeah. to bring a sword. I come to bri- to turn mother against daughter. And yo, when I read that scripture, I was like, Oh my god, I'm actually walking this out. Like yes. I have walked out scripture.
1: Mm.
0: One of the major things Islam teaches is that heaven, your heaven, is dependent is under your mother's feet. What that means is that If I don't listen to my mother, what she tells me to do, and I disobey her and I hurt her, then I'm going to go to hell. Well, for the longest time, even though I was a Christian, they bound me. Until one day, I was in church and I was just writing. I used to write furiously and not realize what I'm writing until afterwards. And God gave me Ephesians, I think it's 1 and 6 or 6 and 1, I don't remember. And it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. When I read that, I'm like, wait a minute, she's not in the Lord. Oh, but I'm supposed to honor her because she's my mother. But I can't no longer follow instructions when she's telling me to do anything contrary to what the word of God says. Wow. It lifted off me like that. I tell people, you want your life to change? That's it. Go for the word. Eat the word. It's not something you pick up on Sundays. Because if you think about it, most people, they pick up their Bibles twice a week. Wednesdays or maybe Tuesdays or Sundays. I mean, what you, and you think your life's supposed to change. It, it won't. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, know see,
2: you will struggle sorry. you know what's crazy what's crazy to me is the word is a deliverer Jesus was the yes. word Jesus is the deliverer if people just got in their Bibles we wouldn't have to do so much demon casting out yeah. because the word exactly. would deliver yeah, we, yeah, and I've experienced that myself when you realize sorry Rach when
1: you realize the truth of the word it sets you free go oh, ahead yeah. Rach so I see something so physically our bodies are so out of shape and we have so all these heavy people but their spiritual side is so anorexic and starving and needs to oh be the God. reverse that is good wow. Yes, right i just yes. saw that right because i actually dreamt that which i'll tell you guys offline <laughs> okay. wow so that
0: is so true starving spiritual starving like we will spend so much time in doing works right and trying to fix it in our own minds. But if you go into a place, God has shown me this recently. If you spend time with me, I'll give you the answer in mm-hmm. worship. And that's how it is. Like yes. he told me my people are not spending enough time with me. And something he showed me was to worship prophetically versus worshiping with other people's songs. Because he said, when you are singing with other people, you are singing their songs. I want worship from the spirit. Yeah. And so when I started worshiping from my spirit it changed mm-hmm. the game for me. Mm-hmm. Like I became more clearer because I hear God in my left ear. So I c- became more clearer <gasps>
2: and the vision's up. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, Grace, what do you, what do you think the significance of that left ear is? Is that significant to you? Is it significant to the body of Christ? What I do you think, think for me,
0: it was because that's where God first spoke to me and he just mm-hmm. always spoke to me when I can See, hear more this in my left ear. It's like that most of the time um i'll have visions i have to say something can i just i'm gonna be a little odd for a moment <laughs> i keep feeling in my kidney like the, the back over here like a burning sensation mm-hmm. but it's not me it's somebody out there that's mm-hmm. having um and pray. i see um, pray about it yeah um what is it you know when you start getting stones have you ever seen kidney stones yeah mm-hmm. but this is like a starting it's not fully developed yet so there's there's pain over there this person's having pain but God is saying that he wants to heal you supernaturally. I don't know yeah. who you are. I don't know if you're going to come Praise back God. and hear this. And then there's another thing I'm seeing. I'm seeing enlarged thyroid glands. Mm. And God is saying, change your toothpaste. Mm. Because fluoride for women causes um, issues with our thyroids. So uh, for years now, I've been using Tom's Fluoride free toothpaste. Because when God showed me that years ago, I stopped using it. Yes. It affects women, our thyroids, and our female organs.
1: Wow. Oh. Yeah. There's so much that we're getting into the health stuff. And just FYI, guys, Grace is extremely prophetic. So she's the way she sees amazing things. So, well, so and this is what I wanted to ask. So,
2: okay, so let me just tell. I grew up in, 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 a, in a, the heartland of America. I was practically born a christian because it's what you do i'm from nebraska like i grew up in church my parents went to church my parents served my parents i served because my parents were the example of serving the community right but right. growing up in the church of christ i don't think i ever heard a demon i don't think i ever heard a sermon about demons or spiritual gifts or mm-hmm. supernatural otherwise it probably would have caught my attention because that's just in me yeah right. and so i feel like to your point so you grow up in in south africa praying five times a day, being militant and disciplined, Mm -hmm. and I grow up in church, but neither one of us have a relationship with Jesus, but I'm professing to be Christian, but don't even know who he is, Mm. and so I think, you know, it saddens me that we live in a country in America where the, the churches are filled every Sunday morning, but I mean, how many of them really know who Jesus is? Yeah. You know,
0: what i learned the beauty of christianity was relationship because yes. in islam you are you not taught relationship like you a slave right and so i learnt, sitting on the throne looking down at you like but in christianity i found that he was not just god to me and i, I don't want to say just god because that's that i don't want to take away from who god is but he became my friend mm-hmm. he became my father mm-hmm. he became every role that was removed from my life he became those things You see, because when you leave Islam, everybody leaves you. Your whole family leaves you. So you left alone and you start thinking, well, to have I made the right choice. Well, so when you start having these thoughts, for me, the Holy Spirit became those people that I lost. Mm -hmm. He would fill those roles. He would send people. And then I learned in that time to trust him. I learned worship. I stayed on my face. And, you know, I didn't know that that was worship. I didn't have the terminologies I just had this desire to lay on the floor and just feel this covering over me and I would weep and God would give me these visions I remember one time he showed me a road and on one side of the road was my family and the other side was him now of course I couldn't see his face but his arms were open like this and they turned their backs and he Mm. said to me I didn't, and at that time, you I started having the supernatural experiences that didn't understand it, what this was, but I just knew that this was how God communicated with me. And so I would write down again in church, furiously writing down what i had seen. And then God gave me the answer, not realizing at that moment. And what he was telling me was that, look, I called your mother to be your mother. I called your brother to be your brother. That's the only role that I called them to be, but me, I can be your mother, your brother, your sister, wow. whatever you need. And I thought, what is wrong with these Christians? They have a God that talks. Are you serious? And when you're talking to them, it's like everybody's struggling. And then I'm like, why are we struggling? What is is this? Preach. We have a God that talks. Yes. Yes, he talks. I mean, he talks all the time. God, I've realized something about God. He is chatty.
1: He talks all the time. Me and JC are overwhelmed by today's. We're like, so that's it We can't handle it today. Right. I mean he talks he talks all the time. He does and I
0: love that. And even when, when I can year God or my visions lessen, <clears throat> then it's me. Yeah. I'm doing something. I open the door to something. Mm-hmm. It's either uh I'm in my flesh more than I should. And what I do is I'll take a step back and I'll go into fasting. And when I go into fasting, yes. I pray more, I spend time. See, a lot of us go fast, but then we're only starving our bodies. Mm. We're pushing the plate back, but you're not feeding your spiritual. You're supposed to be more in the word, more worship while you're fasting. And when you do that, God just speaks. I noticed in my fasting life, I could be fasting. I'll say, okay, I'm going to fast for 21 days, for example. And then by day number one, God really gave me the answer to what I wanted already. So it's like God speaks that quickly. I honestly don't have to stay in a fast that long because God will give me unless and then he release me from
2: that. So and- sorry, let me just go back to where Rachel and I were were joking about like hearing from the Lord too much. I wanted to I wanted to straighten that out with everyone before I ask grace. So, when you're selling yourself like when you're selling yourself out for God and you're saying I will do anything for you if you just be real in my life, like Grace did. She said, "Lord, if if, if this is you, if you're real, if you're God, then you prove it to me, and I will declare before the nations that Jesus Christ is Lord. Like, she she put herself out there, and he moved on her behalf. Rachel and I have done the same thing, and we, we joke because if you want to make a deal with God, it's going to be an incredible life that you lead. Yes. So I, I know I know, Grace, that he gave you these gifts before he laid the foundations of the world, yeah. and he put these in you. I also know that we all come from the Father. So yes. the point of salvation is when we turn... Back to the Father, and he puts the ring on our finger and the robe on our backs. So every yes. one of your Muslim brothers and sisters, they are from Jesus Christ, yes. whether yes. they know it now or not. And it's yes. their choice to turn their shoulders back to Jesus Christ or to turn their shoulders away from Jesus Christ. That's the only choice that, that we have coming from the Father. Yes. But my question would be, did you get your prophetic gifts as a... Um, I guess, as a reward for coming forward to say, I will declare this for the nation. Like, is that for your call or have you always had these gifts and he just sanctified them?
0: I think that I've always had it, but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. My mother has it, actually, because as a child, I remember people would come over to our house. My mother sees and she's done that her whole life. And I used to see, too, but I never really talked about it. I always Mm -hmm. saw the dark things I would see inside people, but I never articulated that because I didn't know what it was when I was a a Muslim. I didn't know what that meant. And so I remember I had a brother that just got married and I went to uh, spend the night at his house and I couldn't sleep all night because I kept seeing a man in the house. And they were like, I I told them and they're like, no, there's no, you know, but I never went back. They ended up leaving that house (laughs) because they were being disturbed at night. So I realized that this had been with me since I've been a kid. I just didn't know what it was because God will give gifts to everybody. Yes. He gives gifts. And then when you come into, like when I came into Christ, um, it became stronger. And then of course the ministry I'm in right now, um, apostle trains us in our gifts because Mm -hmm. a lot of prophetic people are untrained. So what happens is that, um, they'll prophesy to somebody and somebody will say, well, that's a false prophet because of their method of delivering. You don't say everything you see. And when God shows you something, it's not necessarily for you to speak about. You have to, when God, this is what I do. If God gives me something, I give it back to him immediately. Okay, what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to pray? If it's something for me to speak immediately, he gives me the words. Because you have to have wisdom as a prophet. There are people out there that have no wisdom. So what happens, you could be, for example, like I remember apostle was teaching me. Um, he said, if you are in an a elevator and you see a person and they have cancer in your body, do you just tell them, I see cancer in your body? Of course you don't. What would they think? They would go to the doctor, right? They won't find the cancer in their body because as a, a person that flows in prophetic, you see things ahead of time. a long time ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then God reveals to redeem. So when he's showing you things, you now have the opportunity to pray. A lot of times I'm not moved by what God shows me in a sense like fear. Because I'm like, okay, you give me the opportunity to change this. Yes. And because you want me to change this, that means you don't want this to happen. But people live certain lives and they open themselves up to these things. I believe that cancer is caused from emotional wounds mm-hmm. versus like because you can see cancers on the rise, diabetes, all these things. A lot of us, even in church, are overweight. We'll eat a piece of cake and then we'll say, Well, the, the Holy Spirit will stabilize. There's foolishness. Put the cake down.
1: Yeah.
0: You know you have this issue. I'm sorry, that, that just drives me insane. No, change your diet. Yeah. I mean, God has even shown me, like, grace, stop the sugar. If we're going to do the work that God wants us to do, you got to
1: take care of your temple. Yeah. We have to be healthy and live a long time. Exactly.
0: Because Jesus is not going to die again for us to come back. He's not. Yeah. He's given us all the tools. When you declare the Lordship of Christ, all the attributes of God was imputed into you. Mm-hmm. So there's things that I don't really pray for, honestly. I don't ask God to give me peace. I activate peace because it's already in my spirit. Mm. It's like mm. a consciousness. It's a Christ consciousness knowing that these things are inside of me. I don't have to beg for it. Because even my kids, when you hear them praying, you'll hear them saying, I declare. Mm. Yes, you are." the Bible says that he has made us kings and priests unto God. So yeah. you ought to praise a priest and decree as a king. They'll be timid, yeah. That's the And you know,
2: I also want to interrupt just to explain things for people. So what's happened in the body of Christ is the new age has taken terms like Christ consciousness, being aware of the Christ, the living spirit of, of Christ in us. Mm-hmm. They've taken Christ consciousness and they pray these witchcraft prayers that are praying in their own flesh for their own will. So I want to explain the difference between what Grace is talking about. Grace takes everything back to the father. Yes. If she sees something or hears something, she says, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? How should I pray? Or will be done. It, it's not like she's taking it and saying, oh, I pray this cancer exactly. on this person because blah, 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 because that might not be the Father's will. You know, exactly. so um, don't be freaked out by terms like prophetic and apostle and Christ consciousness because her. God lives yeah. in
1: us or see yeah, or see yeah
2: the new age has taken that they've perverted it and they're doing it out of their own flesh their own will and that's witchcraft yeah this is not yes. witchcraft this is holy and this is sanctified yes amen I just wanted yes. to explain that yes
0: Can yeah because talk? honestly i do nothing outside of what god tells me to do amen right because the minute you walk outside of god you are on your own and i cannot do anything on my own yeah
1: and, you can't, god, and we can't protect you I'm from sorry. the enemy either exactly no. yeah
0: the Bible says, I think it's in Proverbs, that the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. I have a fear for God. And it's not the fear I had in Islam. No, it's not a paralyzing fear. It's a reverence fear. Because what people don't understand is that decisions that we make can affect your destiny. A lot of times, God is testing us, and you don't even know when you've been tested. That's the thing. You don't know when you've been tested. You don't. is is Okay, well, today I'm going <laughs> to... Did I want to test you, <laughs> JC, on this. No, it just happened, and in the moment, you know.
2: Oh, JC's been <laughs> tested, folks. <laughs> I mean, but afterwards, you're currently are being on. tested.
1: Uh, yeah, oh my I gosh! Know,
0: I Go know on. I say things that probably would set some people off, but I only can speak about the experience that I've had, and I've learned um, to trust in the Holy Spirit because. People, another thing I noticed is people don't understand who the Holy Spirit is and what his function is. It's like if you knew who he was, you would tap into that.
1: Oh, you would praise literally God. Literally
0: tap into that because he's the power source. He's the person that's in your body on this earth. He is the one that tells you if he says you go to the left and you think, well, that doesn't make sense, you are in trouble because you don't know, but going to the left could save your life or somebody else's life. If he shows you something about somebody else, even sometimes he'll show you things about your leaders at church. It's not for you to talk about. It's for you to pray about it and ask yes. him, how do you want me to pray about this? Your job, if you are in a ministry, is to keep your leaders covered. Because it yes. doesn't matter what they're doing or what they're not doing or what we think they should be doing. You pray for them until God releases you.
2: I wanted to check. I wanted to touch really quickly on gifts again, and then I wanted to talk about what you're doing right now for the Muslim nation. Uh-huh. So, giftings. Um, Saul had giftings, but you can be operating in your own flesh, outside of God's timing and outside of His season, and you can still yes. carry gifts. That's why we've got pastors that are preaching may not be penetrating, may not be causing you to to stir up in repentance, but they still operate in their gifts. That's why you could have a gift as a um, Complete prodigal you could have a gift and then when you come to when you come to Christ, it's sanctified But why don't you tell everybody what God put on your heart this uh, for Ramadan this year? Okay, so
0: as you uh, you may or may not know but um, Ramadan which is one of the holiest Muslim holidays started on May the 6th so um, I decided and of course I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit what could I do to uh, make impact and God told me to fast for the next 30 days and also to pray um, five times a day and the extra prayers when they pray. So I'm getting up when they get up and praying with them. Now, is it easy? No, because I'm a, let me say this. When I'm praying now, I pray all the time. I worship mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. But this is concentrated for those times because I know, knew I had to do something I'd never done before. Um, God has stirred up the compassion inside of me because those are my people. I'm the product of a Muslim woman and a Muslim man. And I knew that in order to get God's attention, not that I don't have his attention, but I want God to move on behalf of my family because my mother is 80 years old and I'm concerned. I'm concerned for my family. You know, uh, when I go over to their houses and we're cooking together and we're eating and laughing, I have this. I'm sorry.
1: No, I know.
2: I know it. Grief and urgency. Yeah.
0: Yes. Because they are, they are such beautiful people. And yeah, I, just, I love them so much. And I want to labor alongside them in ministry. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so I want
0: to... God just put that on my heart for me to do, and I want people to join with me. You don't have to fast, but just pray with me for God to do something so amazing in the Muslim nation that they see God and they don't feel comfortable in the lifestyle that they have because he did that for me where I came and I was so uncomfortable, and I just had to seek. And my prayer is that people even find him. Jesus in the Bible, because Jesus is, I mean, the Quran, he is mentioned in the Quran. He's actually called the word of God. How interesting is that in the Quran? And so I want people to find him that when they are on their prayer mats, that God shows them visions and dreams and they cannot deny his lordship. Yes. And so that's why I decided to do this.
2: I want to talk about burden and compassion for a minute. And I want to encourage you and... and um when you were speaking, I saw a picture of Moses. So mm-hmm. God took Moses out, side of his people, right? Through, first through a little reed raft where he grew up in Egypt. He was schooled by sorcerers. He got wow. removed. He got removed. And then God refined him. Has, a whole, has a, the burning bush moment. But then God will send you back in from whence you came, mm-hmm. Yes. And the beautiful thing about the burden of compassion that he's laid on your heart is that it was his burden first.
0: Amen. Yes. Yes.
2: And if it's his burden, it's already done. Amen. So we come into agreement with heaven and we loose angels and we have the keys to the kingdom. Amen. We bind the spirit of yeah. antichrist. We loose angels to go before every mat, millions of mats. Yes. There's like 1.2 billion of them right yes there's more than there's more angels than that we lose angels to go before every mat because these these people our brothers and sisters come from the father and if this burden is his it's already done yes amen yes yes it's it's beautiful
0: it is and it's it's not easy because when you're doing something like this you get all these messages people are not happy Mm -hmm. i mean and what I do is I delete. I don't even read it, delete. Because I'm not going to let that filter into me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And once you start reading it, you start taking on some. And I'm like, no, that's just a trap. I'm just going to delete. And, you know, I'm the type of person I want to read. But I'm like, <laughs> you know what? No, we're not doing that. No. And I'm not keeping it. Yeah, I'm just deleting. There's some family members on my Facebook page. And I'm like, oh, honey, do, what do I do? I'm like, hey, if you want to talk to me, please. If you don't, I understand. Because I had to understand that. I come from them. I understand the mindset. I know what they're doing. Why they're doing what they're doing. They think they're doing the right thing. I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand, you know, when I remember when I first became a Christian and I first told my mother and how she was so hurt. And I'd never seen my mother cry a day in my life. Even when my dad died, I don't recall seeing her cry. And I was so hurt that I hurt her, that I asked the Holy Spirit that when she talks to me again about uh, about you, God, can you not make me get emotional? And I'm not kidding. Every time we had a conversation, I would feel nothing. No, I would be so in my answers. I didn't waver. But when she left me, I would just cry. Because I mm-hmm. felt so bad that I hurt. It my mother. You know, you feel horrible that you hurt her. You want to uh, make it right. <clears throat> and You know, because one time she said to me, I just wish you lied to me and told me and just pretend. And I said, I, I can't do that. Because I know right now there are some... Uh, Muslims pretending to be Muslim, and I'm like, Lord, well, how come they can do that? Like they're living double lives, and it's okay. But I mean, I couldn't do that. Well, our calls are different, because I would actually look down at them, like, how can you deny God? And God had to show me, no, I've called them for a different purpose. Your purpose is different. You told me you would go to nations. <laughs> okay, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> so, in that Walmart you... parking lot, sister. <laughs> how can you live in secrecy? I can't live in secrecy, but I understand. And when I was in South Africa, I ministered at a church and there was so many secret believers. And I was just out there. I'm thinking, how do you do this? But this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He took me back to their childhood in their home. It's because the parents, they were Christian, but they were not setting the foundation. They would go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. But it wasn't like the type of a household where it was seeking first the kingdom of God. No, it was divided. It was the world and it was God. And so he said, that's why it's so easy for them to leave me because they don't have a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. Parents are not teaching their children relationship. Mm -hmm. I tell my kids up front, your relationship with God is unique. I can't have one for you. So I need you to spend time. And so what I do for them, I have them have their time of worship where we'll worship together. But I said, you need to worship by yourself as well. I said, you have to cultivate a relationship because one day you won't always be with me. And when I'm not here, what are you going to do? So you have to make the connection. And my kids know, if they're not feeling well and they come to me, my first question is, did you pray over yourself? Because I've taught them, yes, mom, I've prayed. I commanded my lungs to work, but I still, okay. And then I take over from them. But I've said it so much that they kind of know. They know they can come to me. But they know there's certain steps that they take before. And people say, well, that's too much. No, I'm not Mm going to always be with them. One day I won't be here. And so what are they going to do? So what I'm teaching them is relationship, teaching them to get a hunger and thirst for the word. Oh, I have to add this. God showed me that people don't have an appetite for the word or for him. So lately, when I've been praying for people, this is one of the first things I pray. Yes, I'll hear their prayer points, but then I pray that God gives them an appetite for the word and for him. Because when you have an appetite for something, you won't keep up going to a person to pray for you. Because when you have appetites, then you're in the word and God will give you the answers. The idea is this is that when people come to us to help them, we raise them up, we send them out, just like Jesus did with the disciples. And then Mm -hmm. those people that don't know, they come. You cannot have the same people coming because then I start thinking, okay, I'm laboring for you, but what are you doing? You have a part in your Christianity and your journey and your walk. What are you doing? That's right. But people have become so lazy or they are so into the prophetic that they treat you like you're a psychic and you're like, no, darling, that doesn't work their way. Just yeah. because I'm talking to you doesn't mean I'm going to see. God will show me what he wants to show me. Or some people say, Grace, what is God saying? Uh, not, nothing at all.
1: <laughs>
2: what
0: has he said to you? Have you <laughs> asked <him>? I mean,
2: <laughs> like... Oh, my gosh. You're like... This, yeah, that's right. They treat you like you're a psychic. Don't pervert yes. the gifts of God. Exactly. Yeah. For shame. Don't prostitute it. Like it's, yes, like, for it's, it's shame. Like, you know? I feel like um, as a three-strand cord... I feel like we need to pray, me, you, and Rachel right now yeah. for the Muslim nation.
1: Yeah, let's do okay. that.
2: And yeah. I feel I feel like God is so big that we can just go ahead and lift 1.2 billion people yes. up to him right now. The yes. three of us and 27 people watching.
0: <laughs> yes, amen.
2: Because he's that big.
0: <laughs> oh, he is. He's so amazing, though.
2: And I'm like Have... uber excited. Do you care if I just go forth? Go, I'm ready to plow do through. It. Go ahead. All right. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We are so excited for what you are about to do, Lord. These people, your children, came from you, Lord. And we just lose to go before 1.2 billion people because Jesus Christ gave us the keys to the kingdom. We bind every spirit of antichrist in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we loose a spirit of adoption onto 1.2 billion people today by which they cry, Abba, Father, that a nation knelt before a false god. god would turn around in repentance
0: yes, God.
2: and yes. declare on their knees that Jesus Christ is King and He is Lord and that He accepts, I mean, He accepts you. He created you. Don't let your hearts be hardened. Yes. Father, I ask that you work on the soil of 1.2 billion people's hearts right now and that you would prepare the way of the Lord. I yes. thank you, God, for uh, for who they are and that and and what you've put into them and their gifts that could as they turn their shoulders, Lord, and you put the ring on their finger and the robe on their back and you welcome your prodigal sons and daughters home today. And Father, we know that what you've moved with compassion, you've put a burden in our hearts because it was your burden first. So we lift your children to you, Lord, the Muslim nation. And we just say, have your way, Lord. We stand ready to be persecuted. We stand ready to be mocked, scoffed at, backbitten, slandered against, gossiped against, and having our spirits murdered for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the sake of their souls, Lord. We, Grace and Rachel and I, we stand in the gap today as a 3 stand cord interceding on behalf of the Muslim nation. We ask for a written record in the courts of heaven this day. For each saint that comes home, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for
0: what you are doing, Father. Thank you. Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank Father.
1: Thank you,
0: Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you are thank doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what is done. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray that as... The Muslims are praying on their musala as they sit and they pray towards Allah that you infiltrate their dreams, you infiltrate their visions, Father. That they see you, Jesus, and they call you Lord as the true living God. Father, I pray that wherever they are, that you remove the scales from their eyes. God, you did it for me. And I'm no better than them. If you can do it for me, God, you can do it for them Father, unindate them with visions, unindate them with people, send people, equip people. Let the spirit inside of them bear witness that you are God. Show them Jesus in their Quran, God, where they cannot deny their Lordship, Father. And Father, those that are new ones, you rejuvenate them, God, you resuscitate them, you take the tidings out of them, Father, and you give them visions, God. You show them strategies that the enemy is doing in that nation, and you give them the ability to counter against them. I speak that the prophetic is activated in their spirit in the name of Jesus. I speak that whatever need, every human being, every resources for those brave missionaries in those nations. I see a little girl. And she's in the Middle East. And it's not a a Muslim child. She's a a blonde girl with blue eyes. And um, she's standing with her parents. She's still a baby. Father, Mm -hmm. I ask you to protect her, God. I ask you to protect her in this month where... Feelings and emotions are high, God. Protect this yes, baby because you have called her to do what her parents have done. But, Father, cover her. Cover her as she goes in the marketplace with her parents. Hide her in the realms of the spirit. So, right now, I pray a hedge of protection around her, a wall of fire, the anointing, the bloodline. Father, supernaturally thicken this hedge of protection, for there shall be no penetration, no perforation around this hedge of protection. For you have hidden her from the scratch of the enemy, making it difficult, if not impossible, for the enemy to track her in the realm of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Father, her innocence will be protected. She will be untouched. No hair on her head will be touched in the name of Jesus. Father, give our parents the wisdom. I activate wisdom in their spirits right now in the name of Jesus. I speak that the peace of God is over them. I remove their fear because fear does not come from you, God, but from the enemy. I release peace. Peace rests upon them. Peace is activated in their spirits in the name of Jesus. Father, give them every resource necessary and needed, every human being, to fulfill the plans and purposes. Let them not be like beggars with their hands out, but you provide God. You are the best provider. You know why you sent them. So everything necessary and needed shall be made available unto them. Put them into the hearts of people to finance this gospel, to propagate the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to all the nations that we may never be able to put our foot on, Father. Bring it to our spirit so that we can pray for them in the name of Jesus Father, I thank you that they spend time with you and not do busy work. That they spend time in your presence, God. They spend time in your words. They spend time with you, God. Because spending time with you accelerates accelerates the process and what you are trying to do, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the burden. And I won't call it a burden, but I will say travailing in the realms of the Spirit. Thank you for that, that you would trust us, God to pray for your most prized possession. Father, I speak that people are moved by compassion, the compassion that you have, because the very reason why you came, God, so that we may have life and life more abundantly. Let us not forget that, Father. Let us always remember the death, the burial, and resurrection. Let it not be common to us, God. But when we think about the sacrifice that you made on our behalf, let us shed real tears, not tears to get your attention, but a travailing uh, a mourning, for yes, what Jesus. is most important for you. Father, let our desires be your desires. Let our hearts be a mirror of your heart. Show us what you want us to do. Not just for Muslims, but for everybody that doesn't know you. I speak that there are those that want to rededicate their lives. Father, prick them in their spirit to live for you for real. Not a diluted gospel where they don't waver because you're looking for people that are so sold out to you, God. So sold out they will do whatever you tell them to do, God. You are wisdom, God. In Proverbs 8, when I was reading that God said that he was here with, with wisdom, God didn't do anything without wisdom. So how do we think that we can do things without wisdom? Mm. I decree and declare that the spirit of the Lord is upon us, the spirit of wisdom, divine counsel, supernatural might, and the atmosphere of Jehovah. And as we advance, we are supernaturally empowered. We increase in skill and in understanding in the name of Jesus. Father, we remember always that it's not by our might or our power because we have none, but it's by your might and your power. And it is such an honor, God, to be used of you because you could have chose anyone else, but you decided to use us. So thank you for the opportunity to serve you, God, to be able to hear from you, God, to see what people need and to be able to pray effectively. Because what good is it praying if you are ineffective? Father, I love you, and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name that
1: I pray. Amen. 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 Jesus.
2: Amen. That was awesome. I just know I saw them, Grace. I saw them get up off the mat. I saw Mm -hmm. some of them turning around, and I saw the ring on their finger and the rope on their back. Oh, amen. I saw some of them.
0: I cannot wait to hear the testimonies of people that yeah. have given their life to Christ.
1: Amen.
0: Like that yeah. is the most, when I hear people going up to the altar, I just cry because I'm like, Oh my <laughs> God, you know how your life's about to change. You know, that's, I want people to experience God
2: for yeah. real. Not and just, you know, let's talk about your ministry really quick. So yeah. how can people find you? Cause your specialty is you help them transition from Allah yes. to Jesus. That's yes. what you do. So yes. do you have an email? Do you have a website? Talk about the radio.
0: Yes, um, I'm a host on Grace and Truth Radio World. So, if you go to www.graceandtruthradio.world, uh, you'll find me there. You'll also find me on Facebook, um, Grace Woodsmith, and I have an Instagram, Grace Woodsmith. You can send me messages, um, whatever you need, just prayer requests. You can find me on there. Yeah. Um, my ministry is all is, is mostly. I wouldn't say mostly. It's about helping Muslims transition, but also to help people rekindle their first love. Because if God's not your first love, then that means the world is, and this world is dying. And you have to understand that. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you chase God first, everything else will come into, will come, even your children or whatever it is. Yes. Mm. So my goal is to help people rekindle their first love. And mm. a lot of times, people are too super religious. God is saying, go back to basics. Go, back to, go to a place where you no longer uh yeah, the doctrine of man, but go back to me. Remember your first encounter with me. Go back to that place and forget everything else. And he said, I will show you me again. And so that's what I want people to live successful lives based on the word of God. And also it's a healing ministry. I help people heal um, emotional healing as well as um, coming from my background. It wasn't just Islam, but there were things that happened in childhood so I know firsthand how to get out of those things. And God mm-hmm. has shown me and, of course, brought you into my life. And JC is amazing, by the way. She's helped me tremendously um, in the area of deliverance. And so that area and just healing. And so I have a passion to help people heal. Because let me tell you, if you're not healed, you will not see anything that God has healed. Because you'll be propelled by your flesh. And sometimes, even in your gut, you've got to sit back and say, okay, what's the big picture? Because God will use those things that you despise for his glory. You have to understand it. And, and not have shame. I don't know who I'm talking to. What happened to you in your childhood is not your fault. But so how you continue living, that is your fault. Because now you're an adult. So go before your father and say, Lord, I'm desperate. Show me how. And he'll send those people
2: into your life. So Thank that's God in a and Grace, you're Grace in a nutshell. Grace is a—I got. She's a big nutshell. I'm just letting you guys know. <laughs> um, Grace's show is called The Grace Experience, and uh, she's just such a blessing in our lives. And um, Grace, your testimony is amazing. Jesus was King. Yes. If you if you met the Lord today, if you rekindled your relationship with the Lord, or if you need to reach Grace and you forgot what she just said, you can, you can email prayer at miraclescom We would love to hear from you. Um, we're a prayer ministry that God named. So it wasn't Rachel, Rachel and I weren't sitting around wanting a ministry. He told us we we're going to start it. He named Amen. it. So if he names it, he bestows gifts upon it and yes. it's his. Amen. So I know Rachel is wandering around because she's trying to get the stuff ready for the raffle. So grace, I'm sure you've heard, but, um, we turned nonprofit. We went nonprofit in February. We got approved in March. So all of your yes. anything you want to donate to us, like I don't know, a plane, an apartment building, a car. Yes. God I has wait. shown us some big things, and so um, we'll give you a little letter, tax write-off, million dollars for your apartment building. I'm just saying. So um, that being said, we also take dollars and cents. You know, so you can donate anything to us because God can multiply it. Amen, and He can use it for your for your good in his glory. Yes. So we're a nonprofit. We received a vehicle donation in March. It is, I really want to talk about it right now because it's a it's a it's a story of restoration. Yeah. The woman who donated the vehicle um, is Jewish. She doesn't yet know the Lord. And she wanted to do what's what they call a mitzvah and her child died in a drowning accident last Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. The insurance money that she got is what allowed her to be able to give the car. And so It's just a super big deal, and we thought we were going to give it in March, and we've had delay after delay after delay after delay, which looks like it's God-ordained, because we're able to give it now on Mother's Day, and we feel like it's going to close that door to what happened last year. So we're praying for this woman's soul. The family that's going to get it is precious, and so a lot of our favorite authors and and speakers and teachers and ministers in Christ uh, gave us some treasures yes to raffle off you want to talk about this this is your
1: yeah so we have the books uh, from ada madison she's gave us two of her books we have a clutch that she hand painted and a canvas and uh we have books and steaks from steve hemphill we have a books and a dvd from john ramirez we have a book from rick smith from rock bottom outreach uh we have some items that we're going to put in there from pastor monty mulkey and Oh, and um, Tapestry from Rob DiPaolo. He sent us his DVD. Oh, Yay! thanks, Rob. Cool. So it's going to be a well, – it won't be an official basket. It's going to be in a box with stuff in it. So, But
2: you get everything. Yes, because we have to ship it. But you get everything. And yeah. raffle tickets were $10. We've been raising – our goal was $2,500, you guys, to buy. Um, sometimes when you get blessed with something, you're not – necessarily ready to steward it so we wanted to pray this through really for this family that receives it make sure they have insurance make sure they have tags and registration make sure it's legal um make sure they can steward this gift that god's about to give them so we hit our we hit our target and we're able to use this for groceries flowers balloons wow that's awesome Um, it's going to be it's going to be awesome tomorrow at 11 so that's what we're gonna do. But Rach, if you wanna do the drawing, I have are the we little ready?
1: wheel thing. <gasps> oh Rachel's Wheel <laughs> of Fortune. Wheel of Blessings. Wheel of Blessings. <laughs> okay. So I put all the names in there. So if you bought I forgot how the increments went, okay. but you yeah. got more you, entries. You get your entries. Yeah. Yep. So, I just wanted to clarify that that's in there. So, if you bought more, it's all fair. Okay, so here we go. So, the little. Okay. Can y'all see it Who's okay? Who's going to
2: win? I can't. It's fuzzy, but that's okay. I, I can tell it's going. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Oh, it's, so cool. it's cool. We can't see where. It... I can't see the name. Tori. What is it?
1: Tori? Tori! <gasps> Yay! Tori! Yay! Okay, wow. Tori. So, message us. Was she a Facebook or Instagram?
2: Facebook? Tori found us on Facebook and uh, I did a call with her a few weeks ago. Oh, wonderful. She's got a precious family and she's got a Bible
1: study. Oh, uh, I think she
2: needs to be trained in deliverance. It's gonna be good stuff.
1: So send us your address, Tori, and we'll send you your box of goodies Yay! Yay! Thank you, everyone.
2: So, yes. You guys thanks so much and thanks, Rachel for putting all that together and
1: Yeah.
2: No Rachel's our distribution center. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my car look, tends to look like a FedEx truck inside.
2: I know. Grace, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for listening. I appreciate
1: it. We just that. love
2: you so I love much. You guys too. Yes. Three
1: strand cords. Yay.
2: Okay, love you. Bye, Rachel. Talk to you later. Bye, Bye Grace. Bye,
1: Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Moms and Miracles. Be sure to visit us at com and follow us and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Email us your prayer request at prayer at momsofmiracles.com.